Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun, Chron- Duck Gun Chronicles, <laughs> and I got my co-host alongside me, Elliot Graybeard. How you doing tonight? I'm doing really good. A lot better than the last time we talked because I've got some fresh ducks under my belt and about to be consumed tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> Do you always keep them under your belt? It's an expression. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. It's pretty good. We had a great, we had a great, great weekend. It was hunting new places we had never hunted before, and it was just a fantastic time. Lots of fun. Sweet, yeah. That's uh, you know, that's sounds like a good deal out there. And um, you're gonna pinpoint the locations, or <laughs> for you, I will off air. I I didn't even know where we were going until because uh, Golden Boy had this place all scouted out and. And um, he had gotten tipped off by the Chasing Green boys. He went down to Arkansas, hunted with them. They had been scouting out a bunch of areas. And so they're like, on your way back up, go check out these places. And <laughs> and uh, so then last weekend or the weekend before last, Aiden takes his dad down. They shoot their limits two days. He's like, all right, we got to go down here this, you know, this past weekend. So my dad and Aiden and I went down there. And I didn't know, even like a day before, I couldn't have gotten out of satellite image. And even, I had no idea where we were going. I mean, I knew the the general area of the state we're going, but um, <laughs> why wouldn't he tell you? Well, it, it's these places are the, where we are hunting aren't even on like this, the state map um, right now. They're pretty new places. And so they're, they're not on the state website, I should say. And so he couldn't be like, well, it's at this complex or that complex. Cause it's, it's like some walk-in hunting and some other little pools that the state just acquired. And, he, couldn't like, and, um, he couldn't shoot you like an Onyx link or something? Well, he could have, but I was busy, and I didn't. Oh, really, okay. I knew, I knew he, he so was he would he have. He would have. I just didn't even. I didn't even ask till the night before because, I mean, I was just preoccupied with the week, and I knew he had them dialed in, so it's not like I needed to do a bunch of scouting and stuff even or look at it because okay. I, 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 I trust that guy 100% at this point with all of his – you know, how to set up decoys, where we're going and that. I mean, we talk about it and we kind of decide together, but when he's got things locked in, I don't even question it. And it's like, okay, <laughs> he, he, he's like, you know, let's show up at this time and we're leaving. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was, it was cool. It was cool. Does, does anybody note, does anybody oh, sorry, shoot more ducks than him? This weekend or? Uh, no, no, no in just general. in general. Do you know anybody shoots who shoots? He shoots like I, I thought for him. sure that Matt was going to have a higher score than him on the freelance hunt stats, but he didn't. Matt didn't. I was super surprised. So I'm like, does anybody shoot more ducks than Aiden? Because I didn't know that he'd been hunting that much. He he's shot a lot. In fact, that's what I was just getting ready to talk about. It's like the battles that are that are taking place on freelance hunt stats leaderboards. So we just got these leaderboards added. To where each hunt it gives you a score total per so each bird is worth a different amount and then at the end of the hunt you have a score and then for the whole season it adds up that score and there's a leaderboard and so we just pushed this out jordan and i did in the last couple of weeks and so aiden um golden boy you got to go watch for that suck kind of videos if you don't know who he is he and matt from hyper sportsman are third and fourth on the leaderboard boards aiden's at 602 and matt's at 567 and i mean that score's still in the question there's a lot of a lot of hunting left for those guys and then titus and i are sixth and seventh oh in fact titus just updated he's now only four away from me he last i looked he was 402 and i was 429 and now he's 425 because he went hunting today so Dang. there's a four point difference there between us and then between jordan and um Thomas from Virginia Outdoors Unlimited, there's only a five-point score difference. So there's like these battles emerging <laughs> in three different areas. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I, th- I thought that Matt would, because I know for a fact that Matt has hunted more days than Aiden has. Um, Aiden's hunted early, or low 40s, and I think Matt's at least got to be a 50 at this point. Yep. 
Yeah, he's right around. I think he's right around fifty. So, um, and so and that, that's a bit. That's I'll tell you what that right there because Matt knows how to hunt. Matt Matt is a waterfowler through and through, and his bird per hunt average is significantly lower than Aiden's and mine here in Kansas. So that I'll tell you, that's a telltale sign for which state's better, in my opinion. <laughs> well, here's the thing: does Aiden does Aiden shoot gadwalls? Yeah, he does. But Gadwalls are only worth like three points. I mean, still, Matt would be like, <laughs> like he'd be like 15 points up, if not more. Probably more. I think he's passed on like double digits worth of Gadwall that like he could have just shot to finish off limits or, you know, and he just doesn't. So. It's just so crazy. I love Gadwalls. I, I really, know. In fact, I've got him right. Funny story, though, the Chasing Green guys, um, Jake and Glenn, I mean, they call Gadwalls gut ducks. And they come to my podcast room and I've got these two gadwalls, you know, mounted side that I think are beautiful. And they didn't say anything. And then uh, after the hunt the next day, they were talking about gut ducks and everything. I was like, uh, so I bet you were wondering about my mounts there. And they're like, well, we don't want to say anything, but <laughs> I, not ones we would probably have mounted. <laughs> <laughs> they probably said something as soon as you're out of your shot. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. What the gut ducks? <laughs> I, I they're beautiful mounts, and I I love Gadwall. I I really do. I like them, and and um I I've never noticed them to taste bad. Um I'm, I I guess they can sometimes, but I'll tell you what I do have times in which I bite into duck and it's gamey and tastes kind of gross. And I've always assumed it was my cooking that yeah. was the problem. I'm and the not same like the, the duck. Maybe it maybe it's not my cooking. Maybe it is. The, could duck be. Duck or what they, it probably you know. is. It probably is. It, I mean, I'm sure there's times where, where it's both for sure. So could be cooking well, on sometimes. I, and it could be the bird. Because I bet you can get even a mallard that kind of tastes a little funky every once in a while. Probably so. And I, I um, cleaned a widgeon shortly after um, they were talking about all this gut duck stuff. And I can tell you this widgeon that I cleaned smelled disgusting. <laughs> it really, really smelled bad. And um, that was the first time I was like, hmm. Maybe, you know, just different ducks, they get into different type of food and it's not necessarily a, a gadwall or, and I mean, gadwall may have a um, more desire to eat food that makes them taste bad. But like I said, maybe all ducks based on what they've been eating the last week, or I don't know how many days it would take for you to eat something and make your meat taste bad. Yeah. I don't know if it'd be like a week or a year or <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting one for sure. But, um, but yeah, Matt would definitely be if he could just shoot Gadwalls, he'd be in uh, above Aiden in third place. He might be, yeah, because they're pretty close. So I think he probably. <laughs> that's the funny thing about the scores. He might shoot more Gadwalls next year just to make sure he doesn't <laughs> doesn't fall behind. Um, yeah. But kind of back to the scores. It's kind of funny, you know, when the leaderboards come out and, and all that. And I know we talked about this the original podcast where we talked about. Uh, implementing the leaderboards on freelance hunt stats and all that. Um, but it's funny, the number of people who've said they've done something similar, similar, like amongst friends or whatever, you know, Matt said he did it. Um, uh, oh man, I can't remember slipping my mind. The guy I used to hunt with a lot, Devin he used to yeah, do it with Devin. Devin. And, uh, then Titus was saying that him and his buddies do something similar to that too. And it's just kind of funny. Um, you know, to see that. And then now it's here, it's on that website. And so now you have this big group of people doing it. And I don't know, I think it's freaking awesome. So. Yeah, I do too. I didn't, I didn't realize I would like it as much as I do. I find myself <laughs> checking it a lot just to see like, Titus just updated, you know, I, I'm, I've got to, I've got to have a good weekend this week. I, yeah. I really want to beat Titus. Yeah. It's like, I don't think I'm going to, he hunts too much. It's, it's like gamified in a way. So it's kind of, it's kind of funny. Cause like, but there's nothing like as far as like the numbers on there, it's there's nothing you can do till the next time you hunt though to, to change them. Right. So, yeah, but it's definitely pretty funny. So it's, it's definitely a cool feature to kind of be able to see. And, and, um, I guess I would have thought that Thomas had shot way more birds than me because of, um, what I would consider like a struggling season, uh, you know, but I've also hunted a lot too. So, I think we've probably hunted similar amounts with him, you know, being busy with his work filming at the the guide service over there. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely interesting on all fronts. But 
Um, yeah. So the main, the main, I guess, do you have anything to add to that before I jump, jump on to the next subject, Elliot? No, not really. Other than I guess I'll say, well, guys, we're going to be adding a lot more features to freelance hunt stats. So set that account up. Um, which is, is we got this more leaderboard stuff coming all the time. Get yourself an account. Awesome. Um, yeah. So the podcast for today, talk about the, the subject for that. We're going to be talking about our late season tactics, strategies to get it done um, here in the podcast. So, but before we do that, let's get a quick word from our partners and we'll jump right into it. So first off, I'd like to give a big thanks uh, out to uh, Motion Deck Decoys. Uh, guys, talking about late season strategies, the Motion Deck Decoy system is perfect for the late season. Uh, birds are getting wary. They're getting smart. And so nothing better than having motion on the water. I mean, really, you want to have it all season. But I do think that later on in the season, it gets more and more per- important to have everything right and have nothing that kind of looks out of place, but the motion duck decoy spreader, you can get it in the, the four, the single spreader or the ultimate, which is a seven duck spreader. And it has lifelike motion. It's a jerk rig on steroids and it's just super mobile. It sets up in seconds, breaks down in seconds. And, um, if it's really hard to describe it in words, you really need to see a video. You can check them out on my channel or Elliot's channel. We've been using them all year long. So they're in all of our videos. Um, but, it just gives such lifelike motion and ripples throughout your whole set. Guys, check them out. Motion Ducks. Use code DECKGUN2020 for 10% off and free shipping. At HDR Innovations, um, this weekend, all three hunts, we used that A-frame again. And we were shooting late season, really, really smart, wise ducks out of the A-frame. Now, we had to brush and brush and brush and brush. But we were basically sitting out on our own. There wasn't much cover. And, you know, maybe we didn't finish all the ducks like we wanted to. These are super smart ducks, but we are killing them. And, again, that A-frame has changed the face of our hunting. Now, luckily, Aiden was there because that thing is heavy to pull into the sled. <laughs> <laughs> and he, you would not even believe the size, the, the, the weight of the sled he was pulling. But that A-frame, man, it is fantastic. And there's other products at hgrinnovations.com. Go check them out. See what all they've got there. Product code is DuckGunSpace10 for 10% off and also free shipping. Also like to give a big thanks out to Gunner Kennels, American-made, double-wall, rotom-molded, five-star, crash-test rated. And, yeah, it's perfect for keeping your hunting companion, your dog, your chief, your Ellie. You're not Ellie. Well, that's that's uh, Swamp Man's. Um, yeah. <laughs> Little Georgie. Who's safe Georgie. Too. <laughs> Georgie. Uh, it's perfect for keeping your hunting companion safe when you're getting from point A to point B. Um, they are the tanks of dog crates, and you know that's why they have their patent on that double wall rotom molded. We've seen the we've seen the testimonials, and we know you know just from those you can tell that they withstand just about anything, which is just crazy. So dogs come out of it unscathed, and I know that. I have peace of mind when I'm going on these long trips or just even a short one from home to the boat launch or wherever and having chief in there. I know he's safe. So check those guys out, guys. Like I said, American made company and they are the best in dog crates. Uh, Gunner kennels and use code duck gun space 10 for 10% off. At this point, guys, if you do not have a finisher tool on your lanyard or in your blind bag, you're crazy. It is changing the way people dispatch birds for the better. Ethical, quick killing of a bird that comes back alive. Used it again this weekend. Um, it's just on my lanyard. Georgia brings back a duck. It's sitting there looking at me with its cute little black eyes blinking at me. Boom, finisher done. It's just so much more ethical. You want to get one. It's A-D-R-E-N-A-L, adrenal-line.com. The promo code is duckgun 15 just they're not that expensive. They are worth it, man. Grab it. Awesome. Also, like to give a big thanks out to Onyx. Whether you use it on your phone or on the website, it's awesome for putting pins just everywhere and checking for property boundaries. You know, if you're on public land, you know, if you're um, on private land somewhere you shouldn't be, you're able to tell just by 
you know, opening that app and clicking on there um, to see where you're at. So, you know, if you're hunting private land, it's, you know, it's the number one way to get access on private land. You can click on it. It tells you the tax address of where the landowner is and, you know, so much quicker, so much more convenient, so less. So it, it, it takes away from the time of planning and acquiring places to hunt, whether it's public land or private land. And if you're not using Onyx, you're really at a disadvantage to somebody who is. So definitely, guys, definitely check those guys out. Onyx on the website or on a mobile app, smartphone, Android, Apple, whatever it is. Check them out. You won't regret it. It has started today already. I was on Bandit.com. <laughs> it's like not many days go by. And where I, you're just looking at, all right, I want this. I want that. What I was looking for today was foam field decoys because um, we've walked in more this year than a lot of other years. I mean, we, we're walking in more and more some of the places we're hunting. And I've got the Pro X um, decoys from... Um, GHG, which is the same umbrella of companies as Banded and Avery, but they're just they're for 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 dragging in. I want something a little bit lighter. So I was on. I was looking at foam field decoys. I was thinking, man, I want that. I was looking at panel blinds. Banded.com. Go look at what they've got because start your off season daydreaming and salivating over products right now. That is the place to go. And I, I, I'm going to get started on the spy on the Aspire gear they've got out. I, <laughs> I know, I know you want some of that too. I love that brown kind of traditional looking stuff. So it's the place for your off season shopping, guys. Banded.com. Awesome. All righty. Well, I guess let's go ahead and get into the main part of the topic or the main part of the podcast. Um, but before we do that, I guess let's let's talk a little bit about um, your hunt trip you had this weekend. Oh yeah, because I, I I've been wanting to tell you about this trip because so I've I talked about it last week before this weekend, um you know I'm I'm chasing some numbers and I've only gotten over 100 ducks once and 101 was my all time record for ducks in a year so you know we say in time and time again you know duck hunting is about the experience it's about nature that's just a given it's a huge important part of the hunt. For us, but I also like numbers and I like logs and I like that stuff too. So I just needed eight ducks and it, I hadn't shot a duck since the 23rd of December. And so my goal for this weekend was, was eight ducks. And so, like I said before, Aiden scouted this place out and it was a ways away. So we were going to have to get a hotel room. So it was going to be my dad, Aiden, Tim Cochran and myself. And so Tim came up last year and he got on the best two mallard hunts of the entire year. I mean, by far, maybe in I, in the entire like past three or four years. I mean, these hunts were phenomenal. And so he was supposed to come up and, and unfortunately he had a relative in the family pass away and he had to cancel. And so I, I felt really bad for him because I know how much he was looking forward to this trip. And, and Tim, he's a friend now, but basically he was just a viewer of freelance duck hunting and he kept making comments over and over and it ended up where we started talking back and forth on email and just, you know, and, and, and uh, he was just such a supporter of freelance duck. And then I was like, Hey, you want to come down and hunt with us? Come on down. So we did. And now, um, he'll probably do that about once a year. So anyway, a little shout out to, to Tim Cochran and, uh, his buddy, Lim Parsons and Robert Mann, who I love those two as well. But um, anyway, he couldn't go. So it was just the three of us. So Aiden showed up here at, let's see, we got out. First of all, we we're supposed to leave at about 10. And then I get a call from Aiden the night before. And he's like, how early are you willing to leave? Because maybe we can hunt tomorrow. And I'm like, hey, I've got, I took the day off. So whatever. So it's like, all right, let's roll out at seven. So we rolled out at seven. And um, Aiden had these places that he was going to scout or that we were going to, he had seen them before. We were just going to try to find the birds and go in and get them on Friday. And this area, like I said, I'd never been to, um, some of it is walk-in, um, WIHA walk-in hunting area where they kind of pay the landowner to, to let you walk in. They're actually marshes full of smart weed. It's just a really cool, really cool area. First place we go and walk in, there's just ducks flying all over the place. And, um, we, we made the worst mistake on this first day, but I mean, this was the co- a really unique, cool looking little spot. It was a field, 
that about a quarter mile surrounded by trees. And there's just a couple little two different holes in here. And the ducks were just coming in and trading. And and the wind today that day was 25 with gusts up to 40. So it was really, really blowing, really blowing. So Aiden's like, well, I want to go look at this this other place and then and then we'll make a decision. So we walked out of there and we went to the second place, which was a much bigger open marsh, and it was just full of mallards, just full of mallards. Did you, did you say what time this was? No, this was about um we were hunting by one. So it was sometime okay. between ten and twelve ish. Um, but it it was kind of early. We were scouting kind of early morning and we were set up by by one. Um, so we, we found the second pool and it was just loaded with mallards. And, and so Aiden's like, well, I really think we should hunt this one and leave the other one for maybe tomorrow. Cause I don't think that one gets hunted as much. And, and, um, I, I, my heart was with the last place cause it was such a cool place in this marsh. It was bigger and it was less cover, more open, but I'm like, whatever, whatever you want, man, you decide and we'll do it. So Aiden wanted to walk into this place, which was it was full of, I mean, it was just full of mallards. You could scout it right from the road. And so I didn't feel bad about going in there, but once we got in, we got in there and Aiden drug that whole A-frame. And once you get the A-frame completely loaded with vegetation, it's not light. So Aiden, Aiden's, uh, um, what is it called? The sled had the A-frame in it, two dog and two dog, dog hides and, uh, all the framework and everything. And then I had the decoys and whatever. So um, this, we got in there and the cover was even just less than we even thought. I mean, and I know with the A-frame, I still want, I still want need a waist high vegetation around the A-frame. It's just so much more hidden than if it's just by itself. And we flushed all the birds from where they were. And, and so we saw a place to set up kind of on a bank. It had a little bit more cover. And we, we drug over there and got set up. And there was plenty of ducks moving and continuing to come into the pool but just every single one of them was short stopping. They weren't even short stopping. They were like landing in the middle of the pool. Short stopping was, is we call it when they're coming towards you and they just stop at about 75 yards and land. But these weren't even doing that. They were circling around and just landing in the pool and uh, the wind's just blowing and now it starts snowing and, and it's snowing like crazy. And so, and both of us are like, man, I wish we'd gone to the other place. Cause I mean, once late season mallards start doing that and you can see their routine in the new pattern, it's just like maybe you'll get a spinoff here and there, but you just know what they're going to do because they're all doing the same thing. And so is so, this is this like a like where they're landing out there? Is it like marsh or is it like deep water? Yeah, it's it's marsh. It's marsh. Um, it and I thought I know what you're going to say is get the a frame out there, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could if it, unless yeah. it's depends how deep it is. Well, I, I I think it was probably about knee deep. And yeah, remember we got we got my dad with us who's seventy seven, and we pushed him to his physical limit even going in there because we went to one spot and we're like, oh, let's cross the marsh and hunt on this other spot, um, and we did that, and it was a firm bottom. But my dad's seventy seven, and it was like his absolute maximum physical possibility he could do, and so um, we just kind of sat it out, and we shot two mallard drakes there. Um, and then during the course of those first two or three hours, there was a, there was a point off to the left of us and every now and then, you know, three or four mallards would come and float, float across that point and land on the open pool. And so like, well, let's just move down to that point, set up there. And I mean, the whole time it's like wind and snow and just crazy, crazy conditions, but duck hunting conditions, you know, it's still, it's fun. It's a fun place. Um, and actually this video is already out. I released it a couple of days ago. Um, and so when we moved down there, my dad had just had enough. He was cold. He was tired. He's like, I'm walking back to the truck. It was about a, uh, six, 700 yard walk, um, back to the truck. And so Aiden and I, Aiden and I, um, we held out clear until dark and I kind of wanted to leave too, but luckily we didn't because in that last hour, um, he shot a green wing teal. I shot a green, a green wing teal. And then we had these two pintails. They were coming towards us and they were, just at about 60 yards and I don't remember who it was. One of us hit a call and they drifted in just to about 40 and you could see that long sprig, you know, and I, and I <laughs> normally don't like those shots, but we'd been sitting there all day. You oh, see yeah. that long sprig. It's at 40 yards, two people gunning at it, right? You're, you're going to take that shot. And so, and I, I pulled up and bam, just dropped it dead. <clears throat> There's that boss. I mean, I am just dead set convinced on boss shot shells at this point. 
And it was the most beautiful pintail that I've ever shot. Longest, longest sprig that I've ever, that I've ever shot. And so we ended that day with five and uh, you know, those last couple ducks made us happy, but we just felt like we should have gone to the first spot. It was smaller pools. It was more cover. We should have gone there. So we felt like we kind of screwed up. So the next day we're going to go back to those spots. Um, we got up pretty early. I mean, we didn't, we didn't get up at our like normal crazy early, um, but it was still pretty early. We get to the spot. There's Chuck there. Like, oh crap. Now what are we going to do? Cause we didn't want to go back to that other spot. We hadn't really scouted anything else. And so he's like, well, last week I, I saw some ducks over in this one area and it's a short walk in. It's only a couple hundred yards walk in. So let's just go there. So we went over there. We walked can into I, that. Can I pull you off subject for real quick? Sure. So I, th- I think you kind of explained it because he went through. Well, so when he went, I guess what I'm getting at is like, how's, how's Aiden know about all, like all these places and stuff? Well, he had, when he was coming back up through to, from Arkansas, he, he scouted them all. Okay. And then he was there the weekend before and he scouted them all again. So it's not a huge area. It's like this, this area. Uh, the great thing about it is there was about five or six little pools, maybe seven or eight that we scouted, but it's like, they're pretty small. So if you get the pool, you've got the pool. And a lot of okay. them are by the roads so where you can just see them. Um, so you're able to scout the area pretty easily. Okay. Um, so he, he had kind of had it all figured out. Gotcha. Um, that, yeah. That answers my question. Question. I, I butchered how I was asking it, but, um, <laughs> no, that's okay. Yeah. But it's just, you're, you're saying like he, he knows where all these ducks are from last week. I'm like, I thought this place was super far away from you. Does this guy even work? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, he's been off because he's in college. So he's been off for their, their break was super, um, stretched out because of COVID, I guess. I don't know. It was like all December. And I think he just started back. <laughs> um, so crazy, but yeah, he had all these places locked down. And so we went there, there was no truck there. We walked in, we had our idea of where we wanted to set up on this little point. It's a, this is a small little pool. It looked like a pond, but really it's just a small marsh full of smart weed. And, but not, I mean, I bet you, I'm trying to think 150 yards across and maybe 80 yards wide. So it's like not, not a big pool at all. Mm. Not a big pool at all. And we had no idea what, how we were going to do. Cause we hadn't scouted this the day before. We just had no idea, but we could hear some quacking as we were walking in and quacking in the dark and everything. And so, you know, the more quacking you hear, the more optimistic you start getting, obviously. So you, we got about five minutes for shooting time and someone opened up the floodgates cause there was just ducks like everywhere. And they were coming into the pool and all around us, except they were wanting to land where we had originally said we were going to set up. So we were going to set up off this point. We walked to the point. There was another area that had a little mound with better cover on it. So we didn't set up on this point. And I'm telling you, if we had been set up on that point, which was only about 80 yards away from us, we would have shot our limit so fast Mm. because in that first 30 minutes, it was just like ducks pouring in. But they were all, I couldn't even believe it because we were only 80 yards from the X, but still nothing was finally after about 15 minutes, I shot one at about 35 yards and killed it. <laughs> and they're all just dropping into this spot. And we're like, okay, we're not waiting another minute. We are moving everything to there. And yeah. so we moved the decoys. We picked up the A-frame. And and that's a good thing about that HRA frame that's light enough with two guys. You can walk it 50, 60, 80 yards with no problem. Oh, yeah. You just get inside it and lift it up and go. And so, um, we got set up on this point and it was a, it was a great day. Now we weren't absolutely just finishing birds. They, they were acting funky all day because just, you know, you, even though you have an A-frame and it's brushed up, if, if there is nothing else around it and you still have three guys inside of it and two dogs, those birds are smart enough that a lot of them are going to figure it out as they go over top of you. But over the next course of you know, till about noon, Aiden and I had shot our limit. And this video actually comes out tomorrow, um, the 21st. I don't know when you guys are going to hear this, the 21st. But um, Aiden and I shot our mallard limit, and my dad shot three. Um, he was having problems because he just, with the A-frame and being 77, he has problems jumping up. and, mm-hmm. and Just like being quick enough. Gun. Yeah, just being quick enough. But the amount of, of duck movement, was it was just constant. And I looked around the area and because this border's private. So it's like there's an L of private and then inside the private is public. 
And I went right up the border and there's signs there and it's like, it's a, it's an, it's a government easement. So I think what's happened is, um, is the government has paid these landowners to open up a portion of their land as, as public. Mm. And then around the outsides of it, they've got that private. And I actually used on X and looked up the landowner because there was, I can't tell you how many ducks, the majority of the ducks are on these privates, but these privates are only 150, 200 yards away from where you're hunting. So you're just seeing them all of the time, drop over the trees and drop in and drop over and drop in. So I was kind of walking over there and standing right on the boundary line um, and just looking at what they, where they were going in and stuff. And, and, the, and the owner um, got the name lived in, our, we tried to get permission the next day, but, and she was really nice. She messaged back. I found her on Facebook. Um, she lived in Arkansas and she messaged back. No, it's leased, you know, sorry. Thanks for asking. Whatever. Dang. The duck, the, oh, if we could have gotten, I'm telling you, Jordan, the, and no one was hunting it. It was like Saturday and Sunday, the second to the last weekend of the season. No one's hunting it. And wow. there's just mallards. Just, I don't know. Wait, so you How? found her on Facebook. That's a first I've heard. So you like looked up the name you found on Onyx and like, isn't there usually multiple or how do you figure well, out that's the yeah, one? But this one said, because I, I put in her name plus the city in Arkansas. Okay. And it, it she, and she popped right up and there was like a, a picture of obvious hunters on the, on the thing. So I popped it open and, <laughs> and I think that it's actually leased for deer hunting huh. because there was pictures of deer all over Facebook. So yeah, I shot her a message on Facebook and I was just like, Oh, fingers crossed. But when we, we did shoot our limit, but over there, though, I'm telling you the way they were dropping into this private, it was just the mother load, but it was just one of those days in that you get late season and you, you don't get these days very often in any other in any other, maybe some of December and in January where there are just mallards moving every second, everywhere. You always have birds to look at or see. And then eventually you get some in. Um, and we had birds working us a lot, but it was, it was tough hunting. And, and they were, they were, when they were, even when they were landing, they were wanting to land at like 35 in this smart weed we couldn't get to. And so, but we had a great day, shot our limit. And so that gave me actually my eighth duck, for the weekend, which meant I was at 102 ducks, which is my all-time record. And um, so I broke 100 and I broke my record at, on the same day. So I was really, really happy. Wait, what was the it number wasn't you're at? picturesque. I'm at 102 or 10. Yeah, I'm at 102 now. Mm. now. Nice. Um, ducks and like, I don't know, 10 or 12 geese or something. <laughs> but um, it, it wasn't, the decoys weren't just as picturesque as one of my previous hunts, you know, the, the, the best video, but it was just a fantastic day. I mean, you're shooting, you're shooting all green heads. They're not hard shots at all. They're not just hovering most of them, but it's in beautiful area. It was just so, and it was my dad's birthday. It was just a great, great day, great hunt. And the weather was perfect, beautiful. So the next day we're like, okay, we're going to go back to the spot, but we knew exactly where we were going to set up. We were going to set up out in the smart weed, out in the pool a little bit. Cause um, it just, even where we were setting, like I said, we were just off the X by about 15 yards, essentially from them just finishing perfectly. So um, we get out there the next morning and the thing I love about hunt trips and like staying in a hotel, it, anytime you have like a three day period where your whole mission in life is just hanging out with your friends and shooting ducks, it just doesn't get much more fun than that. I mean, our hotel room sucked. It was <laughs> dirty and uh, it was just run down, but it's like, there you're there, you know, you get done with your hunt, you're just laying around looking through video, you know, it's going out to eat. It's just so much fun. Oh yeah. It's just so much fun. There's nothing I would rather do. It's just all world fun. Um, so the next day we got out there and we got beat in <laughs> to actually there was, there was a truck there and there was guys in it. And so um, they actually came up and talked to us because where we were parked, we thought that they were going to, a different spot, but they were actually going to where we were going and they came up and they were nicest guys. These guys from Mississippi. And, um, he actually is a podcast listener, got to talking to him and he's a podcast listener and, and watches the videos and stuff. So that was really cool. And, and from the get go, these guys were just the nicest guys. <laughs> and so shout out to them, you Mississippi boys. Um, <laughs> and they had shot their limit the day what was before. Their, they were in a little, what was their name? I can't remember. I didn't want to get pressed on that. I okay. But I, I've talked to <laughs> Sorry. I've ta- I'm just not good with memory. Names, oh, I'm not he either. He reached out to me on, on Instagram and uh, he sent me a picture because we ended up hunting about 500 yards from each other. They hunted the place we were the day before 
And then we hunted a spot 500 yards away, which there was guys there on our day two and we knew they had shot their limit. So we weren't that worried about it because there's so many ducks in the area that you're just like, well, there's enough ducks for everyone to go around, whether we're here or there, there's ducks, you know, we'll be fine. And um, I don't know what happened overnight. The ducks just disappeared and there was no wind that night. I mean, there was some ice on the water when we got there, but it was basically just sheet ice. It wasn't any colder than it was the night before. And those ducks just, I don't know. They were gone. I, I have no explanation for why the ducks were gone. And so that third hunt was just, we shot a goose and a gadwall. I shot the goose, Aiden shot the gadwall. And, but it's just the movement. There was still some bird. Had you been hunting those private lands, you still probably would have shot your limit. Cause you'd see, you know, threes going in, fours going over the day before there's hundreds of ducks in the air. Maybe that's a little bit much. There's lots of ducks <laughs> in the air all the time. And now you could look on those privates and, oh, there's a group of two going in. There's a group of three going in where before it was just like they lost 85, 90% of the ducks are gone from this spot. And so before out of a hundred percent of the ducks there, we were barely being able to get some in. So now, you know, you cut that number by 90% and you just wouldn't look at us. Hmm. So we only hunted until 10. Um, and it was still a beautiful morning. And those guys that hunted our spot, they got, they end up with two, we talked to them, they end up with two ducks. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, it was crazy. I just, I scratching my head as to where those ducks could have gone. It reminds me of the, the first day of the collab last year. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. That was, that was somewhat similar. They were, it's just like, there's no weather reasons. Yeah. I know they from weren't a, yesterday. It went from a, a sunny day the day before sunny day, sunny, clear mm-hmm. skies, very little wind to the next day, same conditions and they're just gone. Yeah. <laughs> That's that you're right. This is exactly the same thing, except here it's like, um, at least there it was all private and they were getting or, or public, um, on the collab and there, and there was getting some pressure, but these birds were on private and that private didn't get hunted unless someone went in there after like three o'clock and just rode around on, on their quads for two hours or something. Yeah. I don't know, but they were, they were just gone, but we had had such a fun trip that we weren't really upset, disappointed, you know? And so, we packed out of there and hit the road home. Time for the Chiefs to squeak out a victory, and so that was that was the hunt weekend. So we've got two more <laughs> two more duck hunting weekends. But it was a so it, 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 if we had hunted the first place we scouted on the first day, we would have shot our limit. I'm convinced we would have shot our limit. It was a small pools, birds just dropping into it, so we missed that. Um, and then it, had we set up on the point the second morning where we thought we were going to set up, it would have been a fast, easy limit of birds like right in your decoy. So it was a great weekend, but we did just make a couple decisions that that could have been an all just an all world one, you know, weekend. But I'm not complaining. It was it was great. Awesome. Just just by the way, I was rooting for the Browns. Were you really? <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> Yeah, the Chiefs are cocky. Already, they've already <laughs> they're already they're already the like New York Yankees of football. Come on, they're the new I mean, Patriots. You, listen, no, they have to win a few more. The uh, from the time I was born, they weren't in the playoffs until I was a senior in high school. Yeah, but the Browns and have never the Super Bowl. have the Browns ever been in the Super Bowl. I, I do like the Browns. The Browns. This like is like Browns. the first time the Browns actually had a chance yeah. at anything. So. That's a, really like the only reason I yeah. was kind of hoping for a, a little bit of a upset there, but you know, yeah. besides that, I'm not I'm not really being a a Chiefs hater. They're you know they're all right. Browns are a likable team, and they are. And I, I had they not been playing the Chiefs, I would have been rooting for them as well. The Browns are like the Cubs. You know, everybody calls the Cubs yeah. the lovable losers. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, they were in the AFC um, championship game with Marty Schottenheimer. This was like late 80s because Marty Schottenheimer went from the Browns to the Chiefs as the head coach. And they were playing Denver and they like they were going, I think, I'm, I'm not positive on the details, but I know there was a fumble like right on the goal line where the Browns fumbled it like at the <laughs> one. And the Broncos got it and that was like the, change, the game changer, the reason they lost. And Seems kind of similar to the Chiefs game. Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> Fumble out of the end zone. Yeah, I was happy about that play, but 
Yeah, I think Chiefs are probably gonna uh, Chiefs are probably gonna win the Super Bowl. I imagine, my guess. We'll see. Time will tell. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead. Let's hit up our late season tips, strategies, whatever you want to call for duck hunting. And Elliot's kind of more going to be focused on ducks, and I'm going to be more focused on geese because you know our late season at this point is geese, and Elliot's still hammering after hammering after the mallards. So um, go ahead, Elliot. I'll let you go. I'll let you start. Well, my, my idea with concealment and waterfowl hunting is the later in the season that you get, the more you have to conceal. So here, here is just a quick example. Um, in November and early December, when we hunt out of the A-frame and I'm filming, I can use my bigger camera. I've got a GoPro and I've got a little small camera. They've got a, a Canon um, G40. And it's not, it's not huge, but um, to any stretch of the imagination, but I can lay that on the front of the A-frame and I can video ducks out of the A-frame as they're decoying in, as they're going overhead. I can freely video ducks. In January, in the conditions we were in last weekend, I could not. I just couldn't. I was trying to, and I could tell that it was just too much movement to decoy these mallards into the blind. So later season ducks are just smarter. And so you have to make sure that your concealment is that much more buttoned in. Um, With the A-frame, we spent more time brushing the A-frame in January than we did in late October or November. Now we were still really working to get covered in those months, but concealment is that much more important in late season um, with ducks. So before you say, Hey, I think they're flaring off the spinner. (laughs) Make sure that you have brushed and rebrushed and rebrushed and rebrushed. And so what we do is we get to a place and we um, get the, uh, the big sled and we fill that sled with stuff, bring it back, brush, fill the sled again, brush, and, and one thing that um, we did this time that really helped is during a hunt, your brush, your concealment will kind of lose its luster a little bit. Um, and so we filled the sled one more time at the end. So throughout the day, you've got extra brush to keep piling on and, and brushing yourself over top and behind. It's just concealment, conceal, conceal, conceal for late season ducks. Definitely. And, you know, have you ever heard anyone say that, that birds are getting blind shy? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. And what do you what do you feel about that? I I think that um, a rectangular box, yeah. And when they see that's the thing about the a frame that we're having problems is it lo- if it looks like a square box, I do think that they're that they get shy off of that um, because as much as we try, and I've seen you guys do the a frames, and the kind of vegetation that you guys seem to have sticks way up straight behind you guys, right? If, if it, it get off in a distance, if it doesn't look like a bush, if it looks like a square, I'm nervous about it. So I, I do think that that square shape, because there's so many square looking boat blinds that aren't brushed enough. You see them all the time where they're just not brushed enough. And so to me, if it doesn't look like a square or a rectangle and, and you've got so much brush on it, it literally does look like a bush. You're fine. But if it looks like a rectangle or a square, then yeah. I'm totally in agreement with that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely can see that. I mean, you you even see it with layouts where, you know, uh, where you have the birds coming in at 60 yards or so, and they just start veering off. Um, I wouldn't, not even shortstop because they don't land. They just kind of swing out, you know, outside of range. They're locked up. They're doing it. They're doing it the whole way. They want in there and then they veer off. So definitely you can tell over time that birds get, you know, shy to certain things in certain situations. So I, I agree with you on, on con- concealment. Definitely more important the later in the season. Um, so the first thing I want to talk about with late, late season geese is play the weather patterns. Guys, if it's snowing, if you got a real kind of weathery day, the birds are going to be out in the field. So, you know, you know, hit up the weather patterns, whether it's one of those days on a sunny day, they're probably not going to be moving around as much um out there in the fields i mean they can be and super cold but it's just not necessarily a given it feels like on a snowy day it is a given they're going to be out in those those fields so do your scouting figure out what the birds are doing whether it's overcast and they're coming back early if it's a sunny day and they're sitting on the water longer or not even coming to feed at all or if it's a snowy day so play those weather patterns when you can i know we got a lot of weekend warriors who listen so 
you know, maybe make your decision off that. If it's going to be a sunny day, maybe you hunt the water. If it's going to be a snowy day and you got permission on a field and they've been hitting that kind of sporadically, then, you know, go for that. So definitely play the weather patterns here in the late season, especially with the geese. We got a lot of geese roosting around and, um, you know, it seems like they're doing something different depending on the weather. So play those weather patterns is definitely going to increase your success. My next one, my next one is time of day. And the later it gets in the season, the colder it gets, the more ducks work. So these late Januarys, they're working all day long. They're trading from the fields back in from marsh to marsh. They're just really, really active. When we hunt in, um, you know, October, early November, um, you know, you hit dead spots in the day for sure. Now then you, we, we still have some good hunts that go past 12 and one and two, but just generally speaking, being out there at the crack of dawn, isn't as important this time of the year. So if you, do, if you don't know where they're at, there is nothing wrong with getting up, being there at shooting time and finding the birds, seeing what the birds are doing. Um, even let some of those early hunters even get out of there before you move in. Cause those, those mallards are going to be working the whole day. We, we've done a lot more of that this year um, than than ever before, where we a little bit, especially it's nice on a hunt trip. And we didn't do that on this last hunt trip, but um, the one before that we did, where, you know, that day two, you're tired. We'll sleep in a little bit. Get up, get out there right around shooting time and figure it out. Because those birds, if there's a lot of birds in the area, they are not going to start stop working. They'll, they'll be working all day. So um, you can be a little more patient. Awesome. Uh, next one I got, and it's all about late season, guys. So I know there's some people who just don't really like late season. I absolutely love late season. Here's why. love late season because the birds are consolidated from the freeze-up. There's less pressure because there's less hunters who want to be out in the cold. And so just from that, I just feel like you have better opportunities and more opportunities to get on, get on the birds. So... Um, the tip I have or the strategy for this, find the open water. And one of the places that's the last place to freeze is the rivers. So I know a lot of, we got some farm ditches that we can hunt too. We don't really see geese in those. Um, I'm sure there's some somewhere where they, where they get geese, but for us, it's the rivers, get out there, hunt the rivers, run the rivers, find the birds. And a lot of times you have to be on the water and, you know, just being, on the river system to be able to find where the birds are, where they're, where they're using it. Um, so hunt the rivers. That's my strategy for late season. Um, if you're out there where the birds are going to be because everything else is frozen up, I love river hunts. So definitely, you know, definitely hit up the rivers as much as you can the later in the season it gets. And my last one is about calling, um, you know, there is a time and a place to not call at all or hardly call. And we were definitely doing more of that route on that good hunt we had the other day where, you know, it's just enough little quacking to kind of have a presence, but it's just soft, quiet quacking. Be careful, be smart with your calling because you can, you can really flare ducks um, with your call. So I, I think late season less is more. And the older I get, the more I'm going to softer calling especially late season. And so, um, and mix it up too. I've, I, I've seen some guys sometimes that don't ever, I mean, they've got one way of calling and it's balls to the wall and they're going to call it that volume. It, at least, you know, some days harder calling is better. Some days softer calling is better. So um, just be smart about it and try different things with your calling. Yeah. And the one thing I'd add to that, Drake whistle, Drake whistle. I mean, use it all season, but the later in season, kind of with what you're going um, it's really hard. It's really, really hard to mess up a Drake whistle call. So <laughs> late yeah. season when they're super, super sketchy, you know, hit that Drake whistle and, um, you know, kind of when in doubt, hit that Drake whistle, I would say. And then lastly, uh, kind of to sum it all up is the, what I got wrote in the notes here is cross your T's and dot your I's. And that just kind of goes to everything we're saying, um, on these, the birds are super wary at this point of the year. I mean, for geese, they've been hunted since September 1st for early season all the way through. And now we're talking late season, we're talking into February. So, I mean, that's six, seven months, what is that? Six months of 
of pressure. They've been hunted and, you know, they've seen it all. They've seen everything from every layout set to every decoy spread to, um, you know, every blind setup and they've been shot at across, <laughs> across their migration. Um, and if they're resident geese that, that are just sticking around park geese, whatever you want to call it, you know, they've seen it all in the, in the local area as well. So, um, you just have to make sure everything from everything we talked about from concealment, you're completely covered. You don't have any mo- movement. Your calling is on point. Your decoy spread is on point. Just everything you got to make sure you're doing it right because the birds have seen it all. They're going to be weary and anything that's going to spook them all, they're going to be out of there because they've seen it before. So um, just do your due diligence and make sure everything is you know, tied up and good to go on your hunts. So yeah, that that pretty much covers the the tips and strategies we got for late season on the podcast. And I will say I, I do love late season too, but it seems to me like it's it, in other months it's very common to go out and just shoot a few. It seems like in late season it's either really good or skunks. It's like <laughs> boon or bust a lot of times where you have some of your greatest hunts and you see more waterfowl than you've ever seen, but then other hunts it's like skunk. Yeah. Yeah. Now there's definitely some of that for sure. So, um, can't, can't deny that, but you know, I, I guess the thing that I kind of like about late season is they're so consolidated and I really do love, I do love our river hunts, and I know every state doesn't have the same opportunity on rivers as we do. We have pretty laxed river laws as far as permission and uh, and public access. I guess I would say would say you know I, I know as far as other states they they have much more on the restrictions. Even even Kansas, you know, you got the few rivers you can hunt, and that's it. So yeah, the one that's the the one nice thing I would say Indiana has going for us in late season. All the rivers, all the navigable water is public to hunt. So, but anyways, you got any last words before we sign this one off, Elliot? Not really. Uh, two more weekends of waterfowl season. I sure would love to get in at least one or two more good hunts. We're going to hit um, a pond this weekend. I think Danny's going with us again. So, sure it's fun to have old Danny boy out hunting again. Um, so hopefully we can actually get him on some birds this time. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I got some late season goose hunts coming up actually. Uh, so hopefully, you know, hopefully that happens and we get some good success as well. And <laughs> then I'll have a hunt hunt update to add to one of these podcasts in the future. But anyways, I think this is a perfect time to go ahead and sign off. Thanks everybody for tuning in for another episode of the duck gun podcast. Um, we really appreciate you guys tuning in week in and week out. You know, it's it's getting closer to the end of season, so I'm dreading it, but it's getting here. But uh, <laughs> we're going to keep trucking, trucking through it, grinding through the end. Um, but that's all we got for today, guys. I'm Jordan, Duck and Chronicles, Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting, and we'll see you guys on the next one.